Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to teach on the word Terry, two words, Terry and wait. Something that we don't like to do. <laughs> we we. We are a microwave people. But these two words, when I started looking them up, got my concordance out and looked up the word Terry and looked up the word wait or waiting and stuff, there is a list, a long list. <laughs> the Bible has a whole lot to say about waiting and tarrying has a lot so I got started writing down scriptures in this list and it's like I need to narrow it down but they're all good <laughs> so to tarry the definition means to linger in expectation when you tarry for something you linger you hang around in expectation. You're expecting something. You're not just hanging around because you don't have anything to do. You're waiting and hanging around because you expect something to happen. Waiting or to wait. When the Bible mentions wait, it means to expect also. It also means to bind together. When we wait upon God, when we wait on him, there's a, there's a binding that takes place between us and God. There, it, I can't explain it. I just know that it happens. If we're not, it's just like a kid getting in their daddy's lap. There's a binding that takes place from that. From just getting there and sitting there. Habakkuk 2, verse 3. It says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. That sounds like a contradiction there. It says it's going to tarry, but then it's not going to tarry. I'll explain that in just a little bit. The vision. We all have a vision. Freedom Ministries has a vision. Our vision is what God has put in us to do. My vision, teach. Pastor Dana's vision is to lead us into the presence of God. 
But God has a vision, a purpose for each one of us. It says, though it tarry, though it linger, we wait for it. We hang around and we stay. And we wait for that vision to come to pass. When I was called to teach, I had to wait on that. I waited. Wait for the door to open. And then when that door opened, you step into that door. And then when that, then you'd wait some more. <laughs> There's a lot of waiting. Then you'd wait some more until the next door steps, opens up. And then you step through that door. But you wait. But then when you get on down into the last part where it says, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. When it says it will not tarry in that statement right there, it says it will not stay away. That's what that word tarry means. It will not stay away. In other words, if God spoke it to you, he spoke a vision or a calling to you. If we're willing to wait on him, it will come. It will come. It will come. I'm going to read, read quite a few scriptures, and the purpose is to show you the purpose or the benefit of waiting. Let's look at Psalms 25, verse 3. Psalms 25. Hallelujah. Verse 3. It says, Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. It says, Let none that wait on thee, that binds together with thee, or and expects things from God, be ashamed. In other words, when it says, wait on him, it says, means, we do not move without an instruction. We do not move without an instruction. We wait for God to speak, then we move. We do not move on our own. Pastor Dennis said something that was really, it was really a profound revelation. We've all heard the scripture uh, quoted, if I can remember it now, because I don't have it wrote down, <laughs> that the ways of a man seems right in his own eyes, but the end is destruction. And this is what she said. This was the revelation that she got out of it, that the best we can do, the best we can do by ourselves, is destruction. The best we can do without God's leadership is destruction. Hmm. That's why we have to wait on him. Verse 5 says, Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day long. 
That's a pretty long time to wait. I wait on God all day. I wait on him. But during the waiting time, you know, you can learn things. Just You can learn things. I was watching the gardening show the other day, and it was a Christian lady, and she was just teaching as she was gardening about what's going on in her life. And she basically, she didn't know I was going to teach on waiting. <laughs> so that during this time of waiting, because they were transitioning from one place to another, she said, because she had a vision of a bigger farm, but they weren't able to get it yet, but she still had the vision. So during the time of waiting, she said, you learn. We take that opportunity to learn. We take that opportunity of waiting to pursue God, to see what God has to say, to pursue our calling. If it's teaching, you take the opportunity to study. If it's music, you take the opportunity to play, to practice. If it's singing, you take the opportunity to sing. When no one is looking, when no one is listening, when you're by yourself, that's when you take those opportunities when you're waiting. When we don't have a platform yet, it's preparation for what's to come. Hallelujah. Psalms 27. Verse 4. 27 verse 14. I knew it didn't line up quite right. It says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. When we wait on God, it gives strength to our heart. When we wait on him, there's strength that comes with waiting. There's strength that comes from waiting. Because in this, in this scripture, the word wait actually means to bind together. So when you're waiting on God, you're not out there just doing your own thing, waiting for him, something to happen. When you're waiting on him, you're actually spending time in his presence. Waiting is not, I'm waiting on you, God, to do something for me, but while I'm waiting, I'm going to go travel the country. I'm going to go fishing today. I'm going to go whatever it is. If we're waiting on him, it means we spend time with him. That's, that's the waiting. Psalms 37 Psalms 37, verse 7. It says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. It says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. 
for evil doers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. When somebody does you wrong, we wait. We don't get vengeance back. I've heard it said, <laughs> and the person was joking. You know, the Bible says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So they're going to fulfill the last part of that scripture, basically. They do something to me, I'm going to help God and do it back for to them. That's not how that works. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm going to fulfill the scripture for them. I'm going to help God. That's not waiting on God. <laughs> we wait. We don't put our hand to it. And then God says that we shall inherit the earth. We will drive the enemy out. It's what inherit means. See, these are promises that if we wait, we bind ourselves to God, our heart is strengthened, and we inherit the earth. The enemy is driven out. It's driven out of our family. It can be driven out of our, our children. It can be driven out of our finances if we wait on God and don't put our hands to it. How many times have we seen people, myself included, try to get out of a situation? We got a situation and we pray about it and we put our hands to it. The situation doesn't get better, it actually gets worse. I, uh, been years ago. We uh, used to like, to, I don't do, like it as much now, used to like to work on houses, you know, do a little repair work and stuff. Had this idea, I'm going to flip some houses. Saw this great advertisement on TV. Buy this information. They would teach you how to buy houses cheap, turn around and sell them. It was a really good deal but it was going away quickly. <laughs> we bought into it. How many houses have I flipped? Take a wild guess. Otis has got that exactly right. Not one. This was going to get us out of financial. Going to help our finances is what it was going to do. You flip a house, you make money. Uh, I didn't had we hadn't flipped a single house, but now we got to pay for this literature. We didn't wait. It was one of those too good to be true deals. We didn't take time and pray and say, God, what about this? Do you want us to step into this? We just stepped. Waiting is important. Waiting on God is very important. It's very important with your children. We know what our children need to do. We, you need to get down to that altar and repent. But let's face it, 
Mom and Daddy most of the time can't tell them that. You got to pray and wait. Pray and wait. And let God take care of it. He'll usually speak through somebody. Hmm. Hallelujah. The same is true with witnessing to your family. They know you're inside and out. They know what you've done. It's hard to witness to them. But we wait on God. We pray and wait. And if he does, and when he does give us a word, it, it will be a word that will bring life. Hallelujah. Psalms 52. Verse 9. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it, and I will wait on thy name where it is good before the saints. We wait on God, and it says his name is good before us. His name is good, which means his name is favorable. His name, when we wait on him, then his name will bring favor to us. His name will bring prosperity. His name will bring wealth. And it also says his name will bring, will bring pleasure. But we have to learn to wait. We have to wait on God. Psalms 59 Verses 8 and 9. It says, But thou, O Lord, shalt laugh at them, and shalt have the heathen in derision. Because of his strength will I wait upon thee, for God is my defense. That's another one right there. When people are persecuting you, you wait on God. You don't get revenge back on them, you don't pay them back. You wait. It says God will be your defense. When you put your hands to it, when we put our hands to it, God takes his hand back. That's something we have to learn. When we put our hand to it, God takes his hand off. We take our hand off, he puts his hand back on. <laughs> and waiting on God and letting him handle it will bring a hedge, a hedge of protection around us. Psalm 62, verse 5. It says, My soul waiteth only upon God, for my expectation is from him. When God is our source, when we have the revelation that God is our source, we can wait on him. When we have the revelation that God is our source, we can wait on him. If we really don't see him as our source, that's when we step out and try to make things happen. But when we really know that he is in control and that he is our source, 
it's like when I, I, I sowed the seed, y'all have heard me tell it, I sowed the seed to retire early. The opportunity came. An well, I'll just say an opportunity was presented. I didn't assume that this was the opportunity. I took that opportunity before God and said, is this it? Is this what I sowed my seed for? And he told me it was. If I had just stepped out there and said this is, we can't just step out on an opportunity and assume that it's God. We have to wait and pray and let him speak. And then it works. Let's go to Isaiah 30. This one should make you happy. Isaiah 30, verse 18 says, And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. See, we wait upon God, but it also says up there that the Lord will wait. God waits upon us. He waits. He's a God of judgment, but yet he waits that he may be gracious unto us. He waits that he may be merciful unto us. I thank God that he is that he does wait. He's a God of judgment. I thank God that his judgment doesn't come instantly. What if his judgment did come instantly? We would all be <laughs> we would all be in a mess. But God waits. He waits and gives us opportunity to change. He waits and gives us opportunity to repent. He waits and gives us opportunity to turn back to him so that his judgment doesn't come. Hmm. He actually holds back his judgment. I was thinking about this earlier, and it's like a seed. We sow those seeds that are not right. We sow those seeds. I thank God those seeds don't spring up instantly. That's the waiting. We repent. God has time to, uh, before that seed sprouts, he has time to reach in there and get that seed and take it back out before it bears fruit. So God waits on us. He holds back his judgment so that he can be merciful unto us. Isaiah 40. Thirty, thirty-one. 31. It says, Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail, shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, that is a promise from God. That's a promise. We wait upon him. Our strength is renewed like the eagles. We will mount up with wings like eagles. We will run and not be weary. We will walk and not faint. When we don't wait on God, we operate in our own strength. When we don't wait on God, we operate in our own strength. We try to make it happen. And that will wear you out. That will wear you completely out. Let's go to Lamentations. Chapter 3, verse 25. It says, The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. You know, in Psalms 46, 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we got to just be still and let God show up. We have to be still to let God show us who he is. Matthew 11. Go to Matthew 11, 28. It says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm beginning to get a little bit of an understanding of this where it says his yoke is easy and my burden is light if it's hard if what he's called us to do is hard then we're not resting in him we're missing something we're missing something if what he has called us to do is hard and burdensome we are missing something because the scripture is true if he says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light and my yoke is heavy and my burden is heavy, I'm missing something somewhere. And that's when we have to get in God's presence and find out what we're missing. And more than likely it's because we're trying to make it happen. Let's go to uh, Micah. Verse chapter 7. Verses 8 and 9. It says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. 
When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I started in the wrong one. Let me go up to verse 7. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. It says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. In other words, when we wait on God, if we wait on him, when the enemy knocks us down, we can tell him, says, you can knock me down, but I'm getting back up. I wait on God, and the enemy knocks me down or knocks me back. I get back up. We can tell the devil, you may knock me down, but I'm getting back up because I wait on God, because I wait. It says, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. That word light is the same word in Genesis when God spoke and says, let there be light. It wasn't the creation of the sun and the moon and the stars. It was a creation of revelation. It's when revelation come forth. And that's what it's same thing right here. It's when I sit in darkness, if I'm waiting upon God and darkness comes upon me, revelation is coming. A revelation to get me out of that darkness. A revelation that will get you out. A revelation that will pull you through. That's what that says, the light of God will shine in the darkness. And he will give you a revelation of how to get out of your situation. How to overcome your circumstance. He will give you a revelation. One of my favorite scriptures is James 1.5. It's not on, on my notes, but I want us to look at it. James 1.5. says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that he may give it, that he give it to all, all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. That tells me right there that if I got a problem, all I got to do is ask. And it says, God will give it to me. Because I'm included in the all men. And he will give it to me liberally. He will give me what I need to get out of that situation. That one, that one scripture right there will change your life. If you get that down inside of you, that when you talk to God, when you're serious and you talk to him, he's going to speak to you. He's going to give you a way out. He's going to give you a revelation. But sometimes it takes waiting on him to hear that right there. Sometimes he speaks instantly. Sometimes we have to tarry. We have to wait. Because that word is true. 
And if we believe that word is true, then we know that we know that we know he is going to speak. Was it Daniel tarried for 21 days waiting on a word from God? <laughs> I've never had to tarry 21 days for a word. Hope I don't ever have to. But he did. He tarried 21 days for a word from God. Because that is true right there. That is true. Let's look at Psalms 40. Psalms 40, starting verse 1. says I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry I waited patiently patience is something that we don't operate in too well but when he says I waited patiently it tells me that it wasn't a quick thing he waited he waited patiently and the Lord heard his cry. And when he heard his cry, it says, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit because he waited. And out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He put a new song in my mouth. He put a song of victory in his mouth. <laughs> hmm. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Our waiting and walking out of something in victory does not just affect us. It caused others to trust in God. It says, blessed is the man that makes the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor turn as nor such as turn aside to lies. Waiting. Waiting is proof that we trust God. Just think about it. If, if I remember growing up as a child. Yeah, we got lots of disciplines, but one thing I could tell you, if my daddy said something, if my daddy told somebody something, that he was going to do something, it, it was just as good as drawing it signing his name on a contract he could be trusted if he told me this is if you get lost down there in the swamp which we where we hunted a lot you just stop I'll find you I, there was no fear in that because I knew if I got lost I'd build a fire by a tree and sit down my daddy was coming that's waiting. I knew it. We got to trust God to that degree that we know that when he speaks, he's coming to bring it to pass. There may be some waiting time in there. that We have to wait on him.
think I got let's see Psalms 33 33 18 it says behold the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in family our soul waiteth on the Lord he was our help and our shield you think about Elijah Elijah prophesied a famine what was it two and a half years or three three and a half I don't remember now but he prophesied a famine that he lived in in the country that he lived in but he and God gave him instructions to go to this certain brook and stay there he says I will feed you there so he went there and waited we don't know how many brooks he crossed before he got to this one. He could have stopped at the first one and said, well, God, you know where I am. But God told him, I want you to wait here. He waited. And then God sent him to a widow. And he waited there. He waited the famine out right there. But he waited on God. He waited on his every instruction. And that's what we have to do. We have to wait. When God gives us instructions, we wait till it comes to pass. And there is a danger in not waiting. Let's look at Samuel, 1 Samuel 13, chapter 13, verse 8. I'm just glad that God is more merciful. I think he shows a little more mercy this day and age than he did back in this time. Because this is the story of King Saul. Samuel had told him, there's these armies, there's wars going on, these armies rising up, wanting to fight with him. And Samuel told him to wait till he got there and they were going to offer the sacrifice. Saul waited. Says he tarried seven days according to the set time of Samuel. Of Samuel. But Samuel came not. Says and the people were scattered from him. It didn't show up. Saul, Samuel was supposed to show up at this certain time but he didn't so Saul took it into his own hands to do the sacrifice himself because he stopped looking at the man of God or for God's answer and started looking around at his situation the people were scattered his army was scattered so he started looking at that instead of waiting on the man of God to show up and offer the sacrifice and because he did that, Samuel told him that your kingdom, your king lineage will be no more. In other words, he could have, his kingdom lineage could have went on from generation to generation, but it stopped with him because he didn't wait on God. Let's go to Luke 24. 
Luke chapter 24. Twenty-nine through thirty-one. This is when uh, Jesus had already been crucified, resurrection, but he was still walking on the earth, and he went and met with his disciples, and they didn't know who he was. It says, and they drew nigh unto the village. This is talking about the disciples. Whether they went, and he made it as though he would have gone further. This is talking about Jesus was walking with them, but they didn't know who he was. The disciples were going to spend the night in this city, but Jesus was going to go on further. But they says they constrained him, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. It says they constrained him. Constrained means to compel or to force. Think about that. They they basically forced Jesus to stay there with them. That's wanting to spend time with him. And they may have. It says they basically constrained us to force. In other words, it wasn't, well, if you want to go on down the road, bye, we'll see, see you next time. No, they held on to him. It's like, no, we don't want you to leave. No, you know, like sometimes when you see a long-lost family member and they, they've got to leave after they've been visiting, it's like, no, you don't want them to go. You want to stay. Stay, stay longer. They pulled on him and pulled on him and pulled on him until he stayed. But because he stayed, verse 30 says, it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to them. It says, and their eyes were opened and they knew him because they tarried with him, because they pulled on him and, and had him to stay. I mean, it wasn't a light thing. It's like they basically forced him to stay. And because they did, they wanted to spend time with him. Their eyes were opened. When we tarry with God, when we tarry with Jesus, we spend time with him, our eyes are opened. If we want our eyes to be open to the things of God, we've got to spend time with him. And in Luke 24, verse 49, it says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high they had to tarry to receive the promise I've heard that it was something like 500 that went to the upper room but it wasn't that many what 120 was left 120 was left when the Holy Ghost showed up And because they, and they're the ones that receive the Holy Ghost and the power. Acts 1, 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. 
This is Jesus speaking again. And he said, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, you have heard of me. He said, wait. He actually commanded them to wait. He commanded them to wait on the promise. And because they did, let's look at Acts 2, verse 1. And because they waited, it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were waiting. And because they waited, it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Because they waited, they received the Holy Ghost. They waited like, what, 50 days, I think. They waited. Can you imagine waiting 50 days with a group of people? This wasn't all family. This was 120. They waited for 50 days in the upper room to receive power, to receive the filling of the Holy Ghost. I just know here, it's been going on for about a month now, maybe a little longer. Most time when I get up to pray or whatever I'm praying, I like to turn my music on, you know, listen to your music and you pray. Sometimes during there, it's happened several times, God would say, just turn it off. Turn it off. Be quiet. And when he says be quiet, that doesn't mean quietly. It means quiet. And that's hard. Just be still. Just be quiet. Just sit there and listen. That's not an easy thing. But he's began to work that in me to where that's what he wants me to do from time to time. It's just to be still and listen. And that's what I want us to do today. This is going to be a different altar call from any one I've ever given. But I want to give you the opportunity to just come and just sit or kneel at the altar and we're just going to be quiet and just listen and see what God wants to say. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.